This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. Thanks for tuning in to the 48th edition of Radiant Reflections. Today, Pastor Ryan Bibb and Pastor Josh Harima will talk a little bit more about what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit or immersed in the Holy Spirit, as Pastor Ryan shared with us this past Sunday. And don't forget, the 50th episode of Radiant Reflections is upcoming, and this is a special edition. We will be answering your questions that you submit, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Josh, Pastor Brandon, myself, Pastor JB, answering questions submitted by listeners just like you. So if you have a Bible question, a life question, just any questions at all, send those questions to podcast at theradiantlife.church. And now here's Ryan and Josh. Hey everyone, welcome to the Radiant Podcast, episode 48. My name is Ryan, one of the pastors here at Radiant Life, and I am sitting down with one of my co-hosts. Co-horse? Co-horse. You're a horse. <laughs> One of my co-hosts. Well, yeah, but if we're co-horses, then we're both horses. We are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is Pastor Joshua Hirama. How are you today, Pastor Joshua Hirama? I'm doing pretty good. Good, you horse. Uh, so yeah, better than being a horse's backside, right? So. Yeah. There you go. My kids are fascinated by that Mountain Dew commercial where, like, you've got a couple of cowboys. And the one like pats the side of the horse and the cooler comes out and he pulls out a Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. I think one of my kids was watching that. It came up on YouTube or something. They were That's like, a little Whoa! odd, though. Oh, like, I mean, they're, they're rapping their rear. like, wait, horses can do this? You know, like, yes. It was my, my four year old. So, yes, they can. So she's, uh, she has the imagination to think horses could actually do that. So. You know, I think w- one of the reasons why I messed up the intro is I don't do it enough. There you go. Well, we'll just, we'll so just. So I called you a co horse. <laughs> So is that, you think that's some underlying, like, maybe resentment because you want, you want to host it more? No, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm good sitting here, and you just asking me the question, how are you doing today? Good. Okay, so that's, <laughs> that's more your jam. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, you want to tell everyone what series we're in here at church? And oh, yeah. Stuff? Yeah, see, forgot all that. Yeah, we are, we just, on Sunday here at Radiant Life, we just wrapped up our series, Holy Spirit, with um, part six. And uh, we've just been trying to understand and discover, or I would say rediscover who the third person of the Trinity is and demystify some of the stuff and, and uh, just get back to the biblical foundation of who Holy Spirit is. Rock and roll. Well, in this past sun- Sunday, you know, the message, which uh, for those of you that haven't heard that message yet, you can check that out on the radiantlife.church slash media, or you can listen to that wherever you access podcasts. Uh, we, we post those uh, messages there as well, which talked about three different baptisms. For those that haven't heard that message yet, what are the three baptisms that you talked about in this pa- last message, part six? Well, we define baptism, it is, again, because I think in, in our faith, we just have and see the word or hear the word baptism, we assume water baptism type thing. Like um, Baptism just means to be immersed, um, to be consumed to be surrounded by. And so you look in scripture and you realize that that word baptism shows up more than just in the water experience. And we looked at a couple of verses in it and um, we see that baptism, you have a baptism into the body of Christ, which is what we call salvation. And uh, you are a believer, you are baptized, you are immersed into the family of God now. 
Um, you have that, you have water baptism, and then you see the baptism or the infilling, I'm not going to argue words there, but uh, of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. Okay. Those are cool. the three. Well, my computer just started doing something here. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about that first one. You know, salvation, right? That first, that first baptism. Uh, is this just you know saying the quote unquote sinner's prayer? Uh, for those listening to the podcast or watching, give us in super practical terms the answer to what people ask Jesus: What must I do to be saved? How do how do I achieve that? You know, that, that initial baptism. Didn't you just answer the question? Did I? No, oh, I don't know. Did you? <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, here in our faith, we have what we, what we consider, if you will. Um, and you said it. Sorry, I'm trying to pull something up while I'm talking. Uh, but you said it. Uh, we have a sinner's prayer, right? It's, it's that idea of um, confession and repentance, of I am headed in this direction. I repent pent of, which just means a turn in direction. I'm heading this way. I'm completely turning and doing a 180 in my life. I am confessing my sins to God and putting my faith and trust into Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, that I am going all in with him and that I need a Savior in this world to forgive me of my sins, to make me right and, and to get me in right standing with my creator, with my heavenly father. And that, that's what we call, I mean, that's salvation. That's the moment where you declare, God, I'm yours type thing. And so, yes, here in, in the church world, if you will, you have what is considered the, the sinner's prayer, right? It's the act of I'm leaving everything behind and I'm following Jesus now. Um, I mean, which is which is much more than just, this is not like some magical incantation where it's like, oh, well, if I say these words, I'm... I'm saved. Right. Right. Like what is the what is the heart posture? You know, you talked about repentance, you know, but like, like what is it what is it beyond just the words of the prayer that, that we're actually talking about when we when we talk sinners' prayer? I don't know if that makes sense. No, that's why I, well, just, I so just, again so just the, the heart behind it, right? So it's it's not just saying the words. You know, I guess I'll 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 go at I'll go at it a little bit, but you can jump in and, and Okay and add to it or, or change. I mean, th- with this, there's a recognition of my need for salvation, right? I mean, so repentance is changing my mind. Uh, part of this is recognizing that God has a standard and we fall short of that standard. The only one who can meet that standard is Jesus. So we, we sometimes use the word surrender, mm-hmm. right, when, when we're talking about salvation because it's, it's this giving up uh, my efforts to try to save myself right. and realizing that I have to depend on what Jesus did in order to be saved. Right. So, yeah, I mean, so just more of that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's more than words. Um, yeah. And also, a, it's that moment. Posture. Yeah, your heart posture is, at the moment of salvation, this is not, and I think in our culture, this is what we see a lot, perhaps, with a lot of, with, with some believers, is that it's not a part-time thing. This is a full thing. You're completely committed. This is a vibrant, thriving, real, authentic, passionate relationship with your Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and, um, and it's, it's a real thing. It's a true issue of the heart, 
that we are in full surrender. And this is where we got to get out of our head sometimes because we try to understand everything and wrap everything around our minds. And there's not, and I'm not saying trying to understand is wrong, but it's only becomes wrong when it becomes our block it, our blockage and our hindrance to actually going in, stepping into faith because we can't understand everything that God is and who he is because we have very limited minds. And so it is a real, you know, because a lot of people think, oh, I'm saved. I'm saved because um, I go to church. No, you've never experienced and encountered God where you were in a posture of surrender to him and who he is. And you, in that moment, that salvation, that moment that that happens, you are literally saying, I am crucifying myself. I am denying myself. I'm now, I no longer live for me, but I live for God. And my, that is my heart and my mission now is Jesus Christ and not me. And oh man, we live in a world that's definitely screaming, make it about the self. It's about you, right? We got the saying, hey, you do you. Don't do you. Do Jesus. Don't do you. Do Jesus. And so, yeah, it's just like we're at cultural just inroads. And we're trying to make inroads with the culture, but there is a, a tension there of where our Christianity, and we've talked about it before, where growing up, our culture screaming, be independent, be independent. Our faith is screaming, be dependent, be dependent on God. Like, that's what we're supposed to. So, yeah. I mean, you're baptized into the body of Christ, salvation. That ex- it's an experience. And I said on Sunday, it's an experience, not a religion. You experience, you encounter God in that moment. There's an experiential moment where you sit and say those words, but truly mean it with everything you are in your heart posture. And I mean, you talked to uh, you know in this message about uh, the relationship aspect. You know, the relationship. It, it's these days it's almost cliche, but I mean it's true. So it's it's a cliche that we can keep using. You know, the idea that it's a relationship, not religion. It's not just a set of rules and regulations and do this, don't do that. Right. It's uh, you know, it, it really is a relationship. Um, let's move on to water baptism. <clears throat> you talked about this. Uh, I mean, you did. You did hit on this, which I think is good, that, that this is not something that is uh, salvific, so, which is hilarious. So one of my kids was, they, they were, they glanced at my notes when I was, I, I wrote notes during the message. And, uh, <laughs> and then later at home, uh, Nicole, my wife, asked this child, like, what was the message about? Like, oh, it was about baptism. What about baptism? And they're like, it's not. Salific, area. <laughs> like, oh, good. Glad you were there. I think they were paying more attention to my notes than they were. Uh, I mean, but I, th- I do think this is important because, and I did this just to check, right? If you Google, is baptism necessary for salvation? Yep. The first thing that comes up is an article in some random newspaper from Alabama called the, the Daily Mountain Eagle. <laughs> and and it's a it's a somebody and I, I tried I actually tried to do some digging <clears throat> excuse me I got a little frog in my throat I did, tried to do some digging to figure out who is this paper funded why do they have articles about the necessity of baptism and I couldn't find anything but it's uh-huh. so it's an Alabama newspaper but it's owned by some company in Chicago something I don't know it's a little sketchy but that's the first thing that comes up if you Google is baptism necessary for salvation and this author makes a case 
Good grief. Drink of water or something. Um, makes a case that if you look at Scripture, it is necessary for salvation. And so I think it's, it's easy to be like, oh, well, wow, I guess this verse means that. But now if you really yeah. look at the passages he uses, he's, he's really taking a lot of things <laughs> out of context. But, I mean, for average, you know, Joe, like if you're just like, oh, well, hey, is this real? You know, let's say, like, we've encouraged people to go and, like, test. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, we've encouraged people to, to take what we say on Sunday morning and test it, right? Don't just take our word for it. But if they went to the Google to do that, they might come away with some, some uh, conflicting information. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think it was really important that you, do you want to add anything to that? Like maybe call out the Daily Mountain Eagle? Um, well, um, <laughs> the, the only thing, the, the danger is that our salvation becomes works-based. Mm. And salvation is a free gift of God. And, um, and that's all over scripture. Now, however, you know, the half-brother of Jesus, James, does stress a lot about our faith and, um, and having works or good deeds. I mean, it's the fruit of our faith, but it's not our salvation. And that's where a lot of people, I think, are very... Um, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a very, there's a thin line. There is. There's a thin line. Yeah, there is. But. And we had a great discussion. Like I, ha- I, I lead a, a D group with three other men. And so there's four of us men just working through the New Testament together in a year. And that was, we actually hit James 1 and 2 last night, Monday night. And that was a lot of our discussion because in James 1 and 2, he talks a lot about faith and works and, and that. And it was a lot of our discussion because there's been people in our group that have, have friends that says, like, I, I'm doing all this so I'm saved, so I can be saved and stuff. And it's like, whoa. And, you know, the question is, like, how do you help, help me? How do I understand this better? Because this person, literally, that they care deeply about, sits there and thinks they're being saved by all the works that they're doing type thing. And, I mean, what, imagine if we had to do all that, that is a horrible way to live, right? Because you will literally think, I am never good enough. Which, true, we are never good enough without Jesus Christ in our life. Um, but then we also negate what happens on the cross. And when Jesus says, it is finished, it's finished, it's done. Salvation has been paid for. All we have to do is receive now. But we go public with our, our faith was never meant to be private. Our faith was meant to be public. Um, yes, we make private decisions that no one knows about. We may make a private decision and say, if you will, going back to the first question, the sinner's prayer, you may say that privately in your heart, I don't know about it. But then your faith goes public, um, and because we we are we're, we are on mission for God's kingdom, and when you are on mission for God's kingdom, it can't just stay inside. You have to go public with it, and it's a declaration also to the body of Christ. Your brothers and sisters also recognize that yes, this is a family member. We see it. It's a declaration of who you are, and I do think. Jesus sets the example. Like, if people want to say, well, do I really have to get baptized and stuff? I just say, do we follow Jesus? Yes. Well, even Jesus got into the water and got baptized. And remember, he was the son of God, fully God, yet fully human, fully man. And he still 
got into the waters and got baptized. So I think that's a key thing because people will wrestle. But, I mean, I think a lot of them, like that newspaper, may figure out um, because 27 times in the New Testament, you see they believed and baptized, like that immediate progression type thing. So I think a lot of people can see that and say, well, see, it's all part of that whole thing experience it's, it's or rolled, encounter rolled i mean and they're very and they're very close it isn't that you know yes. you don't see hey like this group of people came to salvation and then you know like six years later they got baptized i mean it was yeah it was pretty immediate right but and the the we have to understand their culture too is because they had mikvahs everywhere which were ritual baths that they dunked people in they were near the rivers and the waters where jesus was preaching or the apostles were preaching and it was readily available. They would preach in the synagogue and say, hey, you guys are now believers. Look, there's mikvahs all over out here, these ritual baths that you were supposed to cleanse yourself. We can go get baptized right now, right? You may lead someone to salvation in a, in a coffee shop and you're looking around like, where's the water? Like, where am I going <laughs> to take you well, to get baptized? with the water they've got in the coffee shop. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be a little hot. I mean, you can do a little sprinkling or something of something, but, you know, it was readily available also where a lot of these encounters happened versus... Yeah, so that's why you see a lot of churches do like a monthly baptism thing. They'll just always do, we're going to baptize on the first Sunday of the month always. So we always have it in front of people, you know. And I, I like that. I, I, I hope we get there. Some, some, I, I think we can get there. I think probably we are there right now. We could probably just start baptizing people every first of the month. Always the importance, but it's fun. It's a big celebration and... It's a big moment to sit there and declare in front of family and friends, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, let's, let's take a minute, though, and this wasn't in the script, uh, <laughs> dun, to dun, talk. Dun. Because sometimes, you know, you'll have conversations with people, and, and we try to, you know, here at Radiant Life, when people sign up to say, hey, I want to get baptized, we try to take time to make sure they have, a, in a sense, a right understanding of what baptism is. Because there are people that will say, oh, like, hey, I really got to, I got to get my life together. Like, I'm going to get baptized. It's like, okay, well, like, if you're doing this because you think this is going to, like, solve all of your problems, or, hey, I'm going to get baptized, and now I'll finally be a good person, or, you know, sometimes you have those conversations where they, they look at it as some sort of, you know, magic ritual that is going to make all their problems go away and their marriage is going to be better and their parenting skills are going to get better and their, you know, um, address that issue just for, just for a minute. What you said is a, it's a real thing. Um, and they think that's that magical event that will turn their life around. Listen, the water will not turn your life around. Only Jesus Christ will turn your life around. And it's their heart posture. Going back to the first, it's the heart posture. Because a lot of people think, well, as long as I just do this thing, I'll be good and life is going to change. No, a full surrender to Jesus Christ will change your life. Right? That's what we're missing. Now, there are a lot of people that will do get baptized because they they feel, hey, I got baptized when I was 12. I was saved, but I've gone off the deep end and felt like I've, I've drifted from God. And now I'm taking my faith a little more serious. I'm more sold in. I've recommitted my, and rededicated my life to Jesus Christ. And a lot of people will want to get baptized, if you will, again, as a signifying that this is for real. 
like I'm, I'm all in type thing. But you do have those that, what it is, it's an act of desperation. They think, my marriage is horrible, my life is horrible, this is the thing that's going to turn it around. Now, falling on your knees before God and surrendering your life to him fully, 100%, that you're all in, you got to be all in. And that's the issue is for many of us, we think the event of baptism, water baptism will be the event when it's go kneel before you're at the edge of your bed and really sit there and say, God, I've said I've given you everything. Have I really given you everything? And, and my fear, and especially in America as Christians, is that we've given a part of us to God, but not all of us. I've given you enough of me, God, where you may, you're convenient. You're my convenient savior. Thank you for getting me out of hell when I die. Um, but now I, I don't want to give you everything. I, I still like some of my old ways. I still like some of my hangups and addictions that are there. I still like some of my sins. So I'm not going to give you everything that I have. And so if you have that mindset and thinking getting dunked in the tank is going to make it different, no, it's your heart. It's a full surrender. And we're going to hit surrender here, I think, in a minute with another question. But we, aren't sur- we are half surrenderers and not full surrenderers. We're a convenient surrender, not a full surrender. Which, you know, you talked about how baptism is immersion. Like, you, you can't be half immersed. I mean, you're, no. you're either, like, you're, you're under yeah. or you're not. And I'm not talking about the physical. You know, you talked about, hey, well, hey, man, if you're like, if you're in a wheelchair, like we'll sprinkle you. You know, there's right. nothing. There's nothing. It, it's symbolic. There's yeah. symbolism of the you know going under the water. You know, scripture talks about how we're buried with Christ and we're you know we come up out of the water. You know, yeah. there's a lot of symbolism there. Um, but I mean, spiritually, physically, that heart posture. Spiritually, you got to be, got to be all in there. You can't be like keeping. A, no, I just, just want to keep my arm dry. Want to keep my arm dry. Yeah, it's like you know just having you know? like uh, yeah, <laughs> which is funny because I this morning I was praying. And uh, I was just praying for Holy Spirit's filling in my life. And I said, and it goes back to um, Ezekiel, the prophet in the Old Testament. And I, and I sat there and said, God, I don't want to be ankle deep with you. Actually, and I said, Holy Spirit, I don't even want to be knee deep. I don't want to be waist deep. I want to be completely consumed. And I prayed that this morning. But here's something I realized. When you're completely consumed like that, you know what has gone on in you? Think about Ezekiel. I think it's chapter forty-seven, right? Well, Where the we water we did COVID. it. We were doing. We did yeah, a whole the series. dangerous series, yeah. right? That they're seeing the water flow, and uh, it's ankle deep, then knee deep, then waist deep, but you still have footing on the ground. When all of a sudden the stream's out there, and you're going to get consumed by the stream and go over your head with it, your feet leave the ground. You're not in control anymore. And I think a lot of Christians, ankle deep, try, knee deep. Try to, try to keep our toes planted. <laughs> because we want to stay planted. I can still be in a little bit of control. And I feel safe. I feel the ground. But there's one step, man. You got to get consumed, fully immersed. And you go, it's not, it's just, yeah. But that was, that was my prayer this, week, this, this morning. I don't want to be ankle deep. I don't want to be knee deep. I don't want to be waist deep. I want to be consumed. That's where faith is, right? That's faith. That is faith and trust. Um, 
And I know I, I don't want to make it like it's some scary ride. You have no idea what's going to happen from one minute to the night. Like it's not those things, but it's going into a situation knowing I may not have control, but I'm trusting the one who is in control. And that's surrender too, is understanding you're not in control. I'm okay with that. Okay. All right, the third baptism, baptism in the Spirit. Now, you, this is interesting because you, you, you brought us to the Scripture where Paul says, hey, don't get drunk on wine, you know, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> what? And you, you, you talked about this idea that alcohol is a false supernatural experience. Yeah. Why do you think Paul uses like the alcohol as, as like a, a counterpart isn't the right word? Like a, the contrast. Why does Paul use alcohol as a contrast to a life that is filled with the Holy Spirit? Like what? I'm, I'm assuming getting drunk gives you a false supernatural experience. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm saying this from a person, and I don't mean this arrogantly or pridefully. I've never been drunk in my life. I, I don't know what that experience is. I don't know what the experience of being buzzed is. I don't know. No, I know a lot of people who have had that experience and some of you viewers and listeners may have, have had that experience, but I do know this, when people get under the influence of alcohol, they are no longer in control. And we know this, people do some dumb things when they get under the influence <laughs> of alcohol. I am to the point when I specifically counsel married people. I am shocked when people are at wit's end in their marriage or whatever, how often alcohol is involved. And again, I'm not sitting here in this chair saying alcohol is the most evil thing. I mean, Jesus's very first miracle, water into wine, right? And don't argue, well, they had more watered down wine. Was it the same? Listen, you could still get drunk on that stuff. All right, whatever, it is, you can still get drunk because Jesus tells, don't get drunk. So, but Jesus' first miracle. We knew, um, so I'm not saying that alcohol is evil. What I'm saying is the consumption of how much you are consuming, that's wrong. And so here, which is interesting, yeah, of all the things he could have contrasted being filled with, Paul's sitting here choosing alcohol. But you also have to understand this is a church, because I was studying for your question this morning, this is a church that was in Ephesus, the fourth largest city at the time. And understand, he's writing to that church. And I read a f really cool study note this morning on it that was saying that Ephesus was loaded with pagan temples, right? And there was like prostitution was part of your religious experience of an act of worship was having sex with prostitutes. Like that blows my mind thinking about that. Like that's an act of worship. Like that's the way they worship these pagan false gods, but some of it was also drunkenness and being completely out of control, wild debauchery was part of it. So I, you, we also have to understand biblical context of who Paul is writing to because some of these new converts, these new Christians could have been, you once were doing this stuff too as your act of worship. We don't want you to be filled with that stuff that you lose control. The alcohol has taken over. You have no control. You are under an evil influence. We want you to be filled, be consumed and influenced by the spirit, not alcohol because you're going to make some dumb choices in life. We want you to be consumed by the spirit who is gentle and loving and compassionate in who God is in your life so you can bear good fruit 
not this horrible fruit that comes from when you're drunk on alcohol type thing. I don't know anyone that has ever made a good choice drunk on alcohol. <laughs> ever. I don't know. Should we, should we issue a challenge to see if anyone knows somebody that's made a good choice? No. no, no. Not, that they, not that they would go out and get drunk, but like, hey, over the course of your life, have you ever known somebody that's made a good decision uh, when they were drunk? I don't know. I never got it because people would be like, oh, dude, it was great. Like, I got so wasted. Like, I puked my guts out. All like, how is this a... Like, how is this fun? Like, I don't I mean, remember anything from Friday night. Sounds terrible. What? That's not good. <laughs> no. I want to remember some great stuff I've done. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so, Paul uses alcohol. What are some other things that people chase after to try to match Jeez. or mimic the working of the Holy Spirit in their life? Um, man, that's a good question. Addictions. I think... Um, What don't we chase after? We go after everything almost. We'll chase after everything. I think, I think the hang-up with a lot of people could be that we're chasing after everything this world has to offer except chasing after the one who has everything to offer us. So I, 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 you can probably, if you start pinpointing, you'll get my brain rattling a little more this here this morning. Um, is it in a but good way you, or a bad way? Get your brain rattling. Like that. Yeah, in a good way. I'll use uh, one of our pastors says, my brain hasn't kick-started yet. Oh, the computer's go. rebooting still. It's warming up. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, we, we chase. Well, alcohol was, a, was the comparison we see in Ephesians. Um, we'll chase relationships. <laughs> we see this a lot within... Christianity in America is that we will chase relationships more than we ch chase an intimate relationship with Holy Spirit. And uh, we use that as the filling, uh, the filling of affirmation, approval, love. Um, you make joy. We think that that relationship will give it to us. In fact, if we're chasing after Holy Spirit and what everything God has for us, that's where true joy emanates from. And so... It's like, literally, that's an open-ended question. You fill in the break. Chase after blank. It's probably what we're chasing after more than trying to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, and Paul gives us a list, right? If you go back to Galatians 5, you talked about the fruit, right? The fruit of the Spirit is in Galatians 5. Uh, but right before that, he talks about kind of the fruit of the flesh. So, I mean, maybe, maybe those are, that's a good list of the things that he says. This is in Galatians 5, starting in verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, which again, for, uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, that word sorcery, the, the root word is, uh, if I pronounce it right, pharmakeia. This is where we get like pharmacy. This is not just like, this isn't Harry Potter. Like this is, I mean, I mean, I mean scripture does talk about witchcraft. I mean, so I'm not, I'm not saying like witchcraft gets a free pass. Um, but, I mean, this could be drug use uh, as well. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So, yeah, I mean, he kind of gives us a little bit of a, I, hey. Again, it's fill in the blank, you, uh, man. <laughs> uh, if you just let things go, and you know, these are what we like, chase after to, uh, in a sense, fill that void that uh, yep. was meant for Holy Spirit to occupy. But what's just interesting is we as believers have to understand that we, are, we have flesh and spirit. 
right? Because I think for a lot of us, we, we don't, we have to let the spirit rule out, be more, uh, rule out flesh man, right? We had talked before, yeah, and actually, I think on this podcast, so actually, the whole you, flesh dog back, and spirit, like. Uh, if you go back and listen to episode five, uh, we talked about flesh dog, spirit dog, kind of we had like a, well, and that was, that was a two-parter, that was a two-parter. Uh, you can go back and listen to part one and part two of episode five where we talk about some of the different uh, aspects of that. That's we a two-parter, huh? Yeah. Uh, we did because the first part was uh, you, me, and Kinsey, and then JB jumped in. We, we, had, a, we had a good old, good old conversation uh, on that one. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so we wrapped up this series, right, Holy Spirit series. Someone might be listening and thinking, sweet, I've listened to all part all six parts of the Holy Spirit series, like I'm all set. I know all there is to know. All I have to do is, and then fill in the blank. You know, maybe they, you know, they grab some of the really good one-liners that you had or like some of the, the, the tools that you brought up. They're like, sweet, I'm going to take a gifts assessment, see what my spiritual gift is. I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. And they think, hey, they're good to go. Uh, but talk about that. Like in real life, what might the process of getting to the point of really be really being immersed in Holy Spirit look like? You know, I mean, and we've, we've talked about this, the idea that, you know, we're here, and yeah, we just did a six-part series on Holy Spirit, but with the team here at Radiant Life, in a lot of ways, we've been having conversations and doing a, a deep dive into Holy Spirit for the last two and a half years, mm-hmm. and we still haven't figured it all out. <laughs> uh, I mean, so just what does that look like? What is, what is a healthy level of expectation for somebody? as they try to go deeper with the Holy Spirit? Um, well, first and foremost, and we've hit it all this podcast, and we've hit it in other podcasts as well, is it literally will start with you yielding and surrendering to Holy Spirit. Uh, a conversation I had is uh, with someone, a godly man, and he was mentioning the idea of, you know, we surrender to Jesus at salvation, and we surrender to Holy Spirit to be infilled by him. And so we must surrender and yield to him. That, that is an every morning thing. And so we, it's a continuous surrendering and yielding to Holy Spirit. It's a continuously submitting to Holy Spirit and asking for the infilling to be consumed, to be filled by him today. Uh, that's why I truly am a believer of having your quiet times or your chair moments um, your chair times in the morning, because that that's at least for me. I mean, I know it doesn't work out for everyone. I would encourage, the, but that's where I'm going to start my day because I need you, Holy Spirit, right? I need you. And so it's a constant surrender, a constant submit, a constant ask. I mean, we looked at the scripture when it says, how much more will the heavenly father give you of the Holy Spirit when you ask for it? How many of us are really sitting here every day asking for the Holy Spirit in our lives? And so there's that. Submit, surrender, keep asking. And um, we got to start living under his influence. So that goes into the whole understanding that we are flesh and spirit and having, asking God to, asking God for our spirit to, to come and submit under him, but beginning to let the flesh subside in, in who we are. Right, and that was our my conversation with a with a gentleman that 
he said, I had to get my flesh out of my way because my flesh was trying to understand. It was my head. I was trying to understand everything Holy Spirit had, but my flesh was getting in the way of the Spirit. And I finally heard God say, get the flesh out of the way and let me do what I have to do. And he's like, that's when I understood. And he said, it's like the Spirit rose up in me. And it was the first time where it was like a full surrender to the Spirit of, now I get it. I have to get the flesh out of the way. Well, and that's hard for, I mean, that, that didn't happen just overnight for this conversation I had with John. This was a constant thing that he was learning, that God was teaching him. And he finally got to the point where, wow, I understand it now. But it was a journey that God was taking him on. So he's like, now, now, the, flat, now the spirit's going to rule and it's going to be awesome type thing. Yeah, I mean, scripture talks about the idea that you know, in Christ, we're no longer slaves to sin, right? We don't have to give in to the power of sin, but a lot of us live as if we're still slaves to yeah. sin. And I think some of that is because a lot of sin is pretty fun, right? Like we, we like that. We want to hang out to that. Like the flesh says, no, no, this will be good. This will be good. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but we don't have to be. So it's, it's saying, no, okay, well, what does Holy Spirit want in this situation? Yeah. What does Holy Spirit want? It's being in this, tune. You know, it's a constant awareness of Holy Spirit. It's a constant relying on his presence and power in our life. Not not our own. It's heart checks, gut checks throughout the day. Okay, was that from me, Ryan? I'm going into this meeting. Holy Spirit, I need you because I don't want me to come out. I don't want the flesh to come out. And yeah, and uh, I my journey right now is it's like my words are getting checked before they're leaving my mouth, and I'm holding back more. So I'm like, okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Like. <laughs> Because if I was going to say what I was going to say, that was all flesh. That was not of you <laughs> type thing. And that's a, been a fun journey I've been on probably for the last two months now. Nah, maybe months that I've been not holding back what I want to say, but I'm like, okay, that probably would have been rude. I'm not saying that. That's fun. It's fun. It's a fun. I want everyone to know that God loves us and the Holy Spirit is good and fun in our lives. It is a fun ride when you're consumed by the spirit. And it's like, this is like, this is the life that Jesus Christ paid for is right here. And it's awesome. And I want everyone to have it. I've got a lot more growth to happen, but I got, it's, (laughs) I, I can't imagine life without the presence and power of Holy spirit in your life. Cause it goes back to week one when pastor Chris Conrad said, we're just running on empty. And realize the fuel in our life is Holy Spirit. So let's get it. Let's go. Right on. It's been a fun series. It has. This is it's good. not, and, it's and not it's done. Not, it's just yeah. this title is done, but definitely it's going to be carried out before I say too much for this upcoming message. It's going to be carried out for the next year and where we think God is taking our church and what our people in this community need. Well, hopefully it's going to be carried out forever. Because, I mean, yeah. I mean, really, we're, we're never going to get to the point where we're like, you know what? We've totally maxed out on Holy Spirit. We've yeah. learned everything there is to know. We've got everything we have to offer. <laughs> I think we're just going to punch the clock yeah. and go home. Like, we can't just constantly talk God, Jesus. Like, we, we need the whole healthy trinity in our lives. There's, there's a reason why God is a trinity. <laughs> we need all three. Uh, and so we need to stop emphasizing the two and emphasizing all three, the wholeness. And uh, when we get a healthy view and understanding and living into the wholeness of the Trinity and who God is, we can experience 
a glimpse of heaven here on earth in our lives and go help other people experience this incredible, loving creator, God, that deeply loves them, cares about them, and wants to be in relationship with them. That's good. Well, hey, I'll let you close it out again. But first, I do want to make a mention. We, uh, we only have one more episode before our 50th episode, which is awesome. We've been doing this podcast less than a year. Uh, and we've uh, we'll already be hitting 50 episodes here uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks. So we've talked about this before. I want to encourage you, if you have topics you'd like us to cover, questions you'd like to ask, shoot those questions to podcast at the radiantlife.church. That's podcast at the radiantlife.church. Uh, there are two things we're giving away so far. So out of everyone who submits a question, we're going to draw one name to win a $20 gift card from Five Lakes. Uh, the coffee shop here in town, and uh, we're going to do a giveaway of the book uh, Forgotten God by Francis Chan. So, But uh, if you were one of the first three people to submit a question via the Google form that we put out on social media, uh, I screwed up and didn't have a place for you to put your name. So if you want to go back <laughs> uh, and uh, resubmit that or just email wow, wow. Your, your name and question, uh, to podcast of the radiant life that church i want to make sure you have a fair crack at uh, those giveaways as well but uh yeah we've got we've got some good questions good i look uh, forward to sitting with uh pastor jb pastor brandon and you and i and unpacking some of these these questions yeah yeah that'll be good yeah. all right well hey i want to thank everyone for watching and listening to episode 48 of the radiant life Nope, that's not it. Radiant Reflections. <laughs> uh, thanks for watching. We know, we and know what our podcast listening. is called. Like it's okay. <laughs> hey, thanks for checking us out. If you don't mind, like, share, subscribe, and review the Radiant Reflections podcast. Get it out there to help people follow Jesus and share his love more and more. Hey, we'll see you next week for another episode, episode 49. Yeah. Yeah. Right then, before and, Christmas, and then, uh, right? Yeah. Then we'll do, we'll probably in the new year, we'll, we'll do yeah. uh, 50. Episode 50. Yep. Yeah. Looking forward. Hey, be safe out there. Go out and be radiant. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.